Let's just cover meat because that's the biggest question we get. I want to bring my moose home. I want to bring my sheep home. Moose is I easy. I want to bring my fish home. Um, it you is don't, and it is. You don't bring it all home. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. If you're really going there to fill a freezer, you're going to have to drive. If you're flying, buy the box on the way home. If you can, if you can afford it, buy a first-class ticket if you want to bring a bunch back. Um, it's cheaper than um, you know courier service or air freight. It's hard to get meat out of Canada into the U.S., um, after you've left it. Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Get ready to hunt the world and let's get started. Thank you for joining us today for this. Uh, Thank you for joining us the third time today. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. 151 times you guys figure you could get it right. No, that was my <laughs> fault, really, actually. <laughs> well, what happened was I got back through it after stopping twice. I was like, <laughs> did I? That now, are we really going? <laughs> so then I had a brain cramp. Anyway, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. We are happy to be along with you today for another episode 150 what? Two. Two. 152. 152. And uh, um, I'm happy to say we are doing this live from the Bone Cave. I was talking to um, the guys yesterday, Kurt at um, uh, Kurt. Kurt at Working Class Bowhunters. Right. They have one of the largest podcasts. And we were having a great conversation. And uh, um, he is uh, he is also um, an advisor with us. And uh, um, they serve their audience with our application services and adventure services. So uh, um, super great guys. And not just because of that. They're just super great guys. I've never been on their podcast personally, nor is Brad. Uh, but we know them, have known them for a few years with uh, going to Iowa together. But they are just great servants of this industry and he uh, you know i think they've done well over a million uh listeners this year you know what i'm saying uh, it's crazy the number anyway um they uh <laughs> um he was telling me that it was you know it seemed just a handful of years ago the interesting about podcasts is that like if you go to the iowa show 60 percent of the people down there now they're from illinois not iowa but they'll have working class bow hunter gear on they'll have a hat on and he'll say, hey, nice hat. And they look at him like, yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, nice no, no, T-shirt. No. He goes, they have no idea who the hell I am. <laughs> <laughs> they just it's the magic of a podcast, right? <laughs> they, they, they have no idea. Yeah, well, you is. know, there's the old saying, you've got a face for radio. Yeah. There's got a reason for that, right? <laughs> anyway, it just makes me laugh. But we were talking about it, and he said the podcast, the podcast. But these podcasts have gained so much popularity, but and, and a lot of people – um, go, oh, I'm going to start a podcast, which I think is awesome. You know, um, maybe everyone should have a podcast. But I think what separated this podcast is, uh, um, and he was telling me what he thought separated him as a podcast, and I thought I'd make mention of that. But one of the things he he's, um, I think separates us on our podcast and why so many of you have became listeners and we appreciate so much is um, the consistency. Right, yeah. Yeah, we've I, had these no these guys thought I was gonna be like I was gonna brag on something that we magically had yeah. to say. <laughs> no, no. That, it was it's just the consistency. consistency is a big thing. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just huge. that the Thursday morning, and just so you guys know, my personal goal is to do 300 without running a rerun. Whoa, well, we're halfway there. 
And we're halfway there. Over that, that, halfway. And I told you that a week ago because yeah. you like because we were in a pinch. Brad was traveling yeah. with yeah. his business, his other business. He had some travels, and then it's show season. And then I have three companies, and two of them I'm like every day out for. <laughs> right. And so between Brad and I, it was one of those perfect storms. And then you were out at the yeah. end of last year with a bunch of production work. So we were like, ah, and we had, uh, we had to have Bailey. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> we ran a whole podcast and didn't even record it. So anyway, it was interesting. Well, Bailey did a good job. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, she got it done. Um, the did. second time we, uh, uh, the, the, she should have said halfway through, "Hey, I don't know if it's working because I googled it and it looks oh. like your dash." <laughs> yeah, is not. she googled. She's <laughs> like, "Something's not right." Here. I was laughing. I don't know. So uh, anyway, um, fact of the matter is today we're gonna. T- oh, I, cool side note: three. I don't know how many they've done. Thousand, right? I don't know. Lots and lots of podcasts. I forget what his number is. The working class bowlers. Mm. Kurt. Mm -hmm. They had last year 72 in-house celebrity or guest speakers in the podcast. Mm. So if you're thinking about going, Whoa. listen, listen. He's his podcast. He was. I, I go. What are you doing? He's. Oh, I'm cleaning the studio because we got some guests coming in. I go. Really? He goes. Yeah. We got a guy from. Uh, I forget where he said. Maybe like Ohio or Indiana, and he was out hunting, archery hunting, his first elk hunt, and he took a midday nap, and he woke up, in the midday nap, to a mountain lion chewing on his boots. What? And, he, and he ended up killing it with a ten mat, his no. ten millimeter. Yeah, and so he got the lion, and then he hunted the rest of the time and got his first elk. So he's having him on as a guest. What? Wow. I have what? never heard of yeah. anything like that. And then and then he could sponsor a new underwear company. Dude, some business. That's some serious shit right there. Wake <laughs> up from a mid-up. This nap is interrupted by gnawing of a big kidney cat. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, if you've shot a mountain lion, because I've shot. They're tough animals. Oh, my gosh. Well, do this. If you want to know how tough a mountain lion is, I have, I have a good. Somebody give me this perspective. If you have a house cat, you can tell how tough a mountain lion is. They're just, just designed to kill stuff. Just too. go grab yeah. your house cat and try to restrict him and piss your house cat off, and then try to hold him in one oh, place. Oh, hundred percent. You can absolutely I mean, right. They are the toughest, strappiest yeah. piece of animal on planet Earth. Yeah. They're designed to murder things. Wow. Yep. And uh, so then you imagine that at one hundred and thirty pounds. You know, one hundred and fifty pounds. Fun 99 fact. Ninety-nine pounds. Fun fact. Twenty years ago, when they opened up mountain lion season in south dakota guess who was the first person to shoot a mountain lion in south um, dakota I, I heard i heard he he runs the uh um id 10 t's uh, he runs the id 10 t society <laughs> in spearfish south dakota no there there's he's no, the president there, of the id no id 10 t yeah he's the president of the id 10 t definitely wasn't the id 10 t for people listening he, he does not do that. Oh, I think he does. He, he's actually the founding chapter of really? the ID10T Society in Spearfish, South Dakota. Oh. If you didn't know, we were talking about Brad. <laughs> yes, the, the amazing no, everybody's Daniel trying to figure, Boone, Brad Dana. Everybody's trying to figure out what's the ID10T form. <laughs> if you don't know what the ID10T form is, just write it down, ID10T. And then you can come up with it. Now, super intellectual, smart people like Brian Johnson and Scott Palmer, they got it right away. <laughs> um, Brad, it took him a couple weeks um, to get it. So, But anyway. What is this bag on Brad Day? Uh, no, I 
it wasn't. <laughs> actually, he it's, went there. It's not my birthday I was, for. I was. It's yeah, not oh, my birthday for four way, more days. days. Yeah, <laughs> his birthday's Monday, and then it it totally is. Um, because now he's fifty five. P's and Morris to, get to, can't get up the mountain. I, I get the senior discount at Perkins. Whoa. So is we're, that right? we were out to eat. That's with, what my wife told me. <laughs> we, no, my wife is so much younger than me. We were out to uh. eat with Brad and Susie and Bailey and Lindley the other night, yeah. and uh, um, yeah. and Bailey's like, "No, the senior discount is not at fifty-five." And I'm like, "Hey, Bailey, I swear to you, it is because on your dad's birthday, him and I are going to McDonald's, and I'm going to say we'll take from the senior menu four. <laughs> and I said, "I don't even want to eat at McDonald's, but I want to order from the senior menu <laughs> for uh, your dad." <laughs> you can do the job. Exactly. Well, thank you for joining us for this podcast. This was super fun, guys. Catch <laughs> us next week. Boy, this digressed fast but on, digress. on the bus of Brad's ass. Yeah, we got to so. put that on a T-shirt. Anyway, but yeah. I digress. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I digress. All right, we digress. Now back to the thing. So today we're going to talk about um, travel with trophy game meet and how to get um how to maneuver the best way um from our experience and by the way let me give you a short disclaimer nothing that's ever said on this is to be taken serious or uh, you know i'm teasing um we're not you know one of the things i want everybody to know seriously is that we don't uh, um we don't profess to know everything we're just trying to tell you what's worked best for us you know 110 days last year in the field um i i, I catalog everything um, Brad knows this. I catalog how many times I wore this pair of pants. I catalog how many days I got out of the boot soles. I, I try to it's, – it's, I don't know why my brain works that way. but I it's just like, know the brass has been shot enough that I can't size it anymore, exactly. so I throw it away. I don't catalog as much. You don't catalog that new. All right. Yeah, yeah this, this, this gun, it's uh, <laughs> shooting badly. I'm going to have to break down and clean it. That's how I catalog yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, we, uh, we just have a, a you know – we're exposed to a lot of scenarios, and you learn from your mistakes, and you learn from what works, right? And uh, we live by the old saying that for what well, I always say, cause and effect. You ever say for every positive action, for every so, action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. reaction. Yeah, and yeah. and so you learn from travel and experience, and it creates wisdom. And so I guess we're trying to give you a little bit of our wisdom and travel um, this year. We have Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, um, Colorado, New Mexico, Mexico. Um, Tajikistan, Yukon, um, Northwest Territories. Those are just where we're going to be and this Italy. year. What's that? And you <laughs> have Italy you too. have Italy. Um, oh, and I, I have, and I have Mexico and Texas and Spain. So that's eleven different specific locations in twelve months. So. I'm just trying to give you some perspective that, that Brad and I, we do share notes on this all the time. And we're always, uh, we went and saw one of our pack company providers because um, the designer came from a, uh, one of the other pack companies and he came over. I don't want to just say it because I don't want to, you know, it, nor do we don't like really get, we don't get any sponsorships for right. this. So, but no I also don't want to, I don't want to also shit on any companies or say mm -hmm. we're going to change and have people run out and buy it. But we are testing a new pack that's been designed, and we're both super excited about it. And uh, I um, am excited about um, that. But anyway, we went down and met with him, and and so we are always looking at stuff and and trying it and testing it because if there's a better way or something that works a little bit better, we want to bring it to you. But getting game back and forth, we thought we'd break it down to a few big ones. Okay, Canada, 
um, you know, what's the best way we've seen to get it in and out and what's the highs and lows, pros and cons. Where's your tipping point of getting it home, not getting it home. Alaska is another one. These would be the big three. And then the western states to back east. So we just are going to focus on those three today. We're not going to talk international other than Canada. But um, we all speak Canadian fairly well, eh? Hey. And so, um, Day, eh? you know, it's, it's got a border, but sometimes I don't understand the depth of the border unless it's a COVID shot. So, um, so we're just going to talk Canada, Alaska, and the western states transporting your meat back and around into the lower 48 to get them back to your house. It's funny because <clears throat> I'm getting I'm, – it's February. I'm getting jacked up for the Yukon, which is – what is it? Seven months or six months away, and I was all. I was thinking today, I, I might take, <laughs> I might take those that rack home with me. That would be the ideal way, but I won't. Um, but I saw a guy uh, take his take his sheep horns home, and there's, uh, yeah. How would you get your How would you get your stuff home from Canada? Well, what there, do you use? There's do? two questions on that. So um, meat. Well, let's just cover meat because that's the biggest question we get. I want to bring my moose home. I want to bring my sheep home. Moose is I easy. I want to bring my fish home. Um, it you is don't, and it is. You don't bring it all home. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you're really going there to fill a freezer, you're going to have to drive yeah. um, because there's no other economic way to do it outside of, um, and, and this is what we know, outside of uh, Newfoundland, I, we don't have a transporter that will bring meat back. Now, Newfoundland is a primarily a meat harvest state for their moose. Or uh, province, sorry. Yep. Strike that, province. And, and uh, so what happens is we do have a butcher shop up there with the two outfitters we work with. And I've done this. When you take your meat in there, you pay for the processing. And then you can also pay shipping to the lower 48. They put you on a schedule, and they come across with a frozen truck in the middle of the winter with a reefer on it. Yeah. Um, and th- you can meet them, drop it off, and get your home moose. That's, that's tough, though, because it's – I mean, I can't – you, you want to bring all of your moose home. I get, I get you want to bring all British of that Columbia, good. you better drive. Yeah, and that's, that's how you do it. I've done it that way. Now, there's the right Northern way and the Alberta. wrong way to do it, and this is where we need to get a pen out. Yeah. So we've, we've done it. We brought a bunch back from yep. British Columbia. But you have to drive. I mean, I, I'm not messing there's around no with way. one of those transport companies. Here's what you don't do, okay? You don't take a freezer, plug it in, chuck all the meat into a freezer like a cooler, turn the freezer on, and then bring it home. How many times did you have something like that happen at the butcher shop this year? All the time. Yeah. And it is so – it's absolutely ridiculous, okay? And because here's why. First of all, you probably – if you don't ruin any of the meat because it was already pre-cooled, okay, you're lucky. Because the amount of time it takes to freeze to the inside, okay, is an equal proportion that it's going to take to unthaw from the inside out. So now you take it to the butcher shop. We had a large chest freezer come in with caribou, moose, and elk. And there was 1,000 pounds of meat in it. And it was all just thrown in it. And then they wanted us to separate it at the butcher shop. And Noah called and said, how do we do this? That's tough. And so what you literally got to do to save the meat is you have to go out there every day and carve off what thawed 
and grab it and then get it in the cooler and you have to slow this thawing process down so you have to now i have to put this big chest freezer in a 38 degree cooler and basically carve it off to expose the center of this dense giant brick of muscle to to get i mean so how do we even start charging a guy how does your local butcher start to charge you to process that and how does he get the appropriate cuts out of that it's tough you got to think through this right yeah, yeah, you got to think it through in the field. So we want to help with that. M- moose is different. Moose is a creature all separated. Normally, have you? how many times have you brought your whole moose home? Because you've shot how many moose? Well, I didn't even shoot it because I passed on a moose in Newfoundland. We brought one moose home. I split it with the guy I went yeah. with, and we had it shipped back whole. And that was because the butcher shop had it. They cryovacked everything. It was amazing. Yeah. But they wouldn't even take the animal at the butcher shop if it had one hair on it wow they inspected it they didn't want it I, it was the cleanest yeah. butcher shop outside of mine or some of my sons that i'd ever been in wow so and then and i've brought him home if i've driven to canada moose moose but not whole well i brought the whole moose home right but you didn't bring it home right. no 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 i yeah. butchered it yeah in the, but i you, mean you, you no took I, all the primals off yeah yeah, yeah. no i yeah no I yeah don't even I leave remember, it on the but, bone. but but even then you had it in six coolers and game bags yep and, and I, so that's the best way to do it is separate it out in coolers and game bags yeah and the best way to, to manage that then is put the ice in trash bag and keep the ice in a trash bag and tie that up and put your ice in a trash bag so the ice is not contaminating the 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 melting of the ice does not contaminate the muscle and it's st- and you should leave about 6 inches to 8 inches on top of your cooler so that has air in there so when you shut it that ice cuz the air is what kills ice but the air a little air is also what keeps the meat and muscle cool with the ice so i pre-bought a bunch of um dry ice i had it lined up and I separated it in layers with cardboard. Yeah. And, and I did a bunch of that, and I did layers. And that's the way you can definitely but I, do that. But I also had it hang because we butchered it in the field, and then we hauled it to the boat, and then we took it across. From once. my perspective as a butcher, that's it's good overkill, though. Yeah. Well, and, but, it, but it kept it because here's why. You can actually get freezer burn yeah. on some of the exposed meat on that cardboard because it gets so damn cold it freezes uh, – somewhat around you talking if about I, with dry ice yeah if i had it to do again i wouldn't do it that way but i tried that was that was what i did and i had it all so i had it all separated stacked with dry ice then i remember you were you were meticulous about bringing all that moose home i did i wanted you wanted to eat it i got the same thing give it to your friends yeah. and family yep and like well I, we've done that a couple times because um we butchered that whole that last moose that you shot right there we butchered that whole thing up too and brought it all home. Uh-huh. But that we drove that time too. Yeah. So whenever we drive, we can get it home. But we did the cooler game bags and then ice. Yeah. And, and that, so that was better. Yeah. But we didn't have that that one came out. We didn't that we didn't have the opportunity to cool that as much because that came out in pioneers. And that yeah. was a long but that it was, was a two day cool. trip on horse. Yeah. yeah, but it was cool. The meat had cooled, all the body heat. It was cool, but yeah. it wasn't like no. it, it wasn't uh, it, at all frozen. No, 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 no. It, that that was actually perfect. That was that was, and that moose was killed yeah. before rut, and so it was. Uh, that moose was really good. So how much you know when it's stressed out? How much do you get? A know, lot with, meat, with moose. Moose. Oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. There's, so there's I would say, what what do you probably get? Uh, 
Um, probably yeah, as much as you take. Five, four to five hundred yeah, pounds. Hate, oh my! I hate even mentioning weight because people come into the butcher yeah. shop. They bring me a deer. They said oh, it's one hundred and forty pounds. I should add ninety five pounds of meat. Yeah, you shot it three times, brother. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. No, that's not going to work that way. Yeah. Um, you know, so a moose is different because the muscle density absorbs the uh, impact of the bus muscle. And there's not as much trauma that it gets expended yeah. out. Like it does with a mule deer. Y- yeah. yeah. In, in the membrane, even an elk is a small, or an elk. It is not a dense muscled animal for the most part. It's a big animal, but, you know, uh, big bulls can, you know, it, that, that um, concussion of the bullet um, can carry from, I mean, from the shoulder to the tail parts. Um, when you kill an elk, you can still yeah. see some of the trauma, you know, feet away literally on the on the body but the fact of the matter is in a moose it's pretty isolated mm. I never shot a zebra i can't wait to just kill a yep. horse because i like shooting horses i think <laughs> i shot that moose i shot in the front shoulder with the 168 burger yeah and what maybe no it was a mess the, oh really it was a mess really yeah in the seam oh, that, too? i remember um the video of that yeah in the seam it was it was a mess because it it uh it was pretty harsh on that one shoulder yeah but like on a on an elk that would have been both shoulders it would have went through well i was it was a it was a facing me shot that was the one in the boat i was in oh yeah i had trouble that's right i had trouble with the camera no noel was with you that time (laughs) right exactly so so anyway anyway. so so bringing it home bringing me home you know it's it and because i would do the cooler thing now what if i'm flying do the cooler thing don't buy the coolers till you get up there. These rotary molded coolers have brought the price of the old world coolers How down. How big a cooler? How big? I, I, you know what? Well, I buy a cooler that you could get 40 pounds yeah. of meat in and 10 pounds of ice, period. I'd duct tape it up. I'd put the ice into uh, um, a garbage bag and let it melt, and, and I would see the cooler in a day when you got home. Yep. And Worst case scenario, even upgrade. It's better to upgrade your flight if you're not first class because you get – well, That's you a trick get, we use all the time. We buy a yeah. first class. People go, oh, you buy a first class because you're pretentious. Not, um, that would be normal travel every day. <laughs> um, and it's not about being pretentious. It's about leg room when you're six foot uh, – if you're five foot four like me. Um, uh, right. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> but you get uh, extra when you're baggage. a Sasquatch, um, but you can two, weeks, two weeks ago, we had a six foot nine guy and he was right in front of Susie and he was jammed into, I was like, oh, that's the, on the way home. Another six foot eight, six foot nine guy. And he was like, I was like, oh, that guy. He, he, he's miserable. He was, yeah. I think he was on a mission. So but we've, 20 di- years we've digressed. <laughs> we, we've digressed. Yeah. The tip here yeah. is if you, if, if you can afford a first class ticket, and well, if if you're going to bring meat home, you might want to think about booking yep. your return flight with a first class ticket because you now have a whole different you, you have three or four bags, um, depending on the airline that you can get on there. And, they, and you can get 70 pounders. Right. So so now if you go, I want to bring meat home and you're in Canada, um, you go get two 70 pound bag uh, chests and just weigh them out. Bring them home with you. Duct tape them up. Throw them on the plane. Boom, you just brought home 140 pounds of moose, and you're in good shape. Okay? If you don't want to do that, okay, then I, I, bring one of 40, 50 pounds home. But that's the way to do it. Now, Canada, that's what I would do. Alaska, I would do something different. I would book the first class ticket home, 
and I would ship all my other shit home other than my rifle. Just bring meat? I would just bring meat. Yeah. Because I've done that. I've went, you know what? It's going to cost me, for the first bag above first class is like, what, 100 bucks or something, $75. So I go, let's say I have three bags in first class. So I take three 70-pound bags, okay? So 70 times three. 210 pounds, yeah. right? So I got 210 pounds. I didn't know that was a quiz. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. So, I, was, I was engaged. So I, was I was listening. <laughs> so 70 times three, I have 210 pounds of meat, right? Yep. So now I can go get another 70 pounds on there. So now I got 280 pounds of meat for 75 bucks. Now what I do is I go down to the FedEx store and I have them box up all my gear uh, except for my optics and my rifle. And so um, and I bring that on. Boom, I bring all my optics in my roller bag, and I come home, and when I get there, um, the oversized cart opens the door. All my meat slides out. Um, I got 280 pounds of meat. That's a lot of meat. That's a lot of meat. That's a lot of meat. Yep. And we've also brought – we've had frozen like sheep. We brought sheep home. Well, and, and more than moose, what I do that yeah. with is fish. Right. Because I like – I like moose. I love halibut and silvers and kings yep. and pinks. Yep. Um, I love the fish. Well, yeah. we I'm don't fish tonight. Yeah, we, even at that, though, then we just buy them in those heavy uh, boxes, and we f- get them frozen because they'll flash freeze for yeah. you there. And then you just pack it, and that's because those boxes end up yep. being about 50 pounds, 100 per- 45. Well, they, they actually just make them 50 pounds yeah. for you, 49 right. pounds. And then those wax boxes you're yep. talking about, they flash freeze them. You get a hole yeah. in a day. It's not even thawed out and it's right. in the freezer. And it's 100%. all, and it's all uh, uh, z- uh, not the Ziplocs, but uh, vacuum, vacuum sealed. sealed. Yeah, yep. so that works really good. So, yeah. So, that's – but that's – so there's so many fishing uh, butcher shops. I don't know what you call them. Yeah. Fisheries that handle that stuff. In Alaska, so you go to the Kenai, Homer, anywhere in Anchorage, anywhere in Fairbanks, and you can literally get plant a day on the back end, take your fish in, have it butchered, flash, uh, frozen in vacuum-sealed packs, have them put it in those things, and then get on the flight the next day, keep it at that locker. And a lot of hotels, we stay at the embassy in downtown Anchorage. The reason we stay at the embassy is because they have tons of freezers in a room for you. Now, they don't, they don't market this. They don't make it a part of public information. But if you go in there and say, do you have a freezer? They go, yep, come on in. And um, we, we've kept our stuff there for three, four, five days while we're running around sightseeing, waiting for a flight because we got done hunting or fishing early, right. and we're out there. Yeah, that nice. works really well. Wow. That's, a, that, that's a great Did way to do it. I know that. And embassy's but, a little bit more expensive, but, but that, that, I mean, that's a tip for listening. I'm trying to think of you listening today. Is there value to this podcast? And I think so far, these are things that we use all the time. Yep. Yeah. How, how much does it cost to ship that back? Like a, let's say a fifty-pound box. I. You know what? To ship frozen. Yep. It's brutal. You don't yeah. want to ship. You don't want you don't to, want do to that. ship frozen. You want to ship your stinky laundry. Nah. Because you don't have to overnight it. So yeah. and and it doesn't. Yeah. So but it's it's really expensive because we've tried it every way. Yep. Um, and you know. Pe- but you Always, just you just check it every year. People ask us, "Should I ship my stuff up to Alaska?" And people usually bring more stuff than they need. And I'm a I'm a heavy packer, kind mm-hmm. of. So does you know I bring probably I I try not to bring but like clothes. I don't bring four sets of hunting clothes. 
you know, I generally have one set of hunting clothes and I, you know, I'm, I bring what I need, try to yep. try to minimize that. You just don't need that much stuff because, yep. you know. What about crossing a border or, you know, going through? If you have know. a truck and you're bringing stuff back, the best, that's a really good question. Mark it all on the outside. Like if you taped it up, tape it up. Don't be afraid to tape it up. They're going to cut it if they want to look in there or not. And just put moose meat. And, and, and that's it. And then, and then they go, I'm going to open this because I want to look in there. No problem, sir. No problem, officer. We got moose meat. Because coming into the United States, you're seeing Americans. Yeah. Super going, easy. It's super easy. And they don't care. They're they, like, oh, how was they, your hunt? They're looking at you. get it? Yeah. Oh, you got pictures? Yeah. Was it a good one? <laughs> nice. They look at your gun. They look at that. They're, they're, they're going to they're gonna profile you. If they want to look in your stuff, mm, okay, they will. But most of the time, you know what they say? They look at us. They go, yeah. Moving on. on. It's you know slower saying? in the airports. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I've went through um, uh, um, not Calgary. What's the one? Edmonton. North Edmonton. I went through the Edmonton with bear. And so I killed two bear in the spring. We rolled up their hides, put them in garbage bags, put them in a cooler, had them froze. Or actually, didn't have them froze. Put them on ice, put them in a cooler. So you had the skull, the claws, everything, right? And when you leave Edmonton, you actually go into, and Calgary, you go into U.S. Customs there. You don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you, not, you pass yeah. Customs in Canada. Yeah. Got it. Right? And so, it's, it's, it, and so once you get through, you're through. And, and then, and I brought fish back on that trip, too. Yeah. And they just. Looked at it, looked at it. They knew what we were doing. Do you have to like, leave a patch of skin or anything scales on the fish? Um, not that I remember. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't believe okay. so. Okay. I'm not that. I I would have remembered that, and I don't. Okay. And so we we just brought it all back, and they didn't say a damn word. Mm -hmm. They didn't say. And then we were sitting there having a beer on American soil. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Right there in the middle of the airport in Edmonton. And and, yeah. and, it, it, and I know for sure it's the exact same in Calgary. Yeah. Calgary or Calgary, yeah. depending on how, where you're from. So here's one, guys. Like, I'm just looking at, um, I forget the company we use. It's right down on the dock on Kodiak. Um, and I think it's Happy Hook. No. Um, um, I, you know what? I, I can't remember. Uh, maybe it's Kodiak Island. Fish Processing Service. Yep, Kodiak Island um, Smokehouse Fish and Game Processing. So they, I want to say, uh, with most be vacuum, uh, um, fish must be vacuum packaged or bagged by the customer. No rinsing, trimming, cutting, labeling, bagging, or vacuum sealing service will be provided. Uh, perfect if you're in a hurry or need a quick overnight service. Freeze $1 a pound. Yeah. So that's one dollar a pound. Um, vacuum that's that's about what it was when we were yeah, uh, vacuum packing and sealing is what we usually yeah. do um, for any fish. It's a dollar ninety five a pound. And that includes um, the box, doesn't uh, that it? That includes the box. box. Oh, I was wondering about yep. that. Okay. Yeah. And then they just they basically they freeze it in those boxes and you just grab it. And uh, it's super easy. Hmm. We've also used totes. But, y you know, I mean, it's almost easier. It's all I, I think I've gravitated towards just buying cheap coolers. And then, and then they usually have a really good rate as far as really good gets with UPS or FedEx. And, um, and they, you know, it's a few hundred bucks to get it back. Um, cause I shipped, I shipped, but they were completely frozen. So I didn't have to go overnight or next day, but I shipped, um, two 
deer horns, two hides, and two fox back. And I want to say for boxing and shipping and everything, it was $199, and they took care of everything, and I wasn't even there. Wow. They just called me with my credit card for the credit card, and they packaged it. Well, and you were you were on a time crunch. Otherwise, you would have brought it because we always bring we always bring these rubber duffels. 100%. Like we use these, uh, like, uh, what is it now? King's has those rubber duffels now. And I just roll, I always roll one or two up. And Kings or Alps both have them. Yep. And I throw them in my luggage. And that way. And you just ship them home with that. And, and then I just, and it's another, it's another checked baggage. But you didn't have time because you had weather coming in. No, That's well, why you did it that well, way yeah. last time. Yeah, we had weather coming in, and it was like, get out, get get landed, because get, we were stuck there an extra day. Yeah. But but that's part of Alaska. you got to have that plan, right, in Alaska. But Canada, um, if you're flying, buy the box on the way home. If you can, if you can afford it, buy a first-class ticket if you want to bring a bunch back. Um, it's cheaper than, um, you know, courier service or air freight. It's hard to get meat out of Canada into the U.S., um, after you've left it, if it's not on person, if you want to get somebody to ship it to you, it there's a because customs doesn't like you shipping down through a courier um, meat that you aren't there with the tag in hand going, I'm bringing moose back. Yeah, I strongly does that make sense? I think the best way by far is to Actually, bring what that you does make sense. Yeah, yeah, bring what you want to bring with you. Yep, frozen, unless you you're can. in Newfoundland and you. Want to get a hold of us? You kill it one there, and they'll ship it back across the United States. Um, they make us a, a trip. Um, it's super tough, and they have some way to do it, and they they got it organized and take care of it. So, um, but if you're looking for a meat hunt, Newfoundland is one of the places to go. Now we have a great meat trophy, meat borderline trophy hunt in British Columbia still for ten five a moose hunt, and you're going to kill a good moose. Um, and it's an amazing trip, an amazing trip. And that's not way northern British Columbia, so you can drive and get most of your meat back. That's a great meat slash semi-trophy type hunt if you just want a good, solid paddled moose, and, you know. And like that, it's a, a distance now. Obviously, we're not on the coast. We're centrally located. and But I like that. That drives – there's a lot of – Oh, dude, yeah. The, the, you know, I mean, we brought saddles. Um, yeah, British Columbia is not, uh, you know, it's not crazy. So yeah. that's that's what I would say for Canada. That would be my tips. I don't, I'm trying to think, did we chase any rabbits that we didn't get it covered? Meat back, trophy back. I got to tell you, um, any of my trophies I've ever gotten back from Canada, I've just paid an expediter um, because I didn't want to get caught at the border. And um, no, I brought my moose back. You don't mean caught. Mm, no, yeah, I don't mean caught. Um, sheep and goat, I've used an expediter. Right. Because I was going to have to full be body too. mounts. They have to be sealed. I want the I want the, the high taken care of. The goat does too. They seal it. I mean, they they put a member. Um, they go to uh, they go to. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, 100%. but they don't. The, but they don't, yeah. No, you don't have to drill a yeah. hole and put a, yeah, uh, yeah. a plug but, in it. But but they do have to be. Yeah, sealed. they do have to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I, I'm not trying to be right. I'm no. just telling you. Yeah, that, just kind of. Yeah, that it's not just. But, but you can't don't take it kill with a goat you. and just start running right. across the border with the mother because you have to check it in. <laughs> you do. Yeah. So if you're budgeting for a hunt like that, then what do you kind of budget for that? I I would say you know you're gonna have eight to hundred to a thousand dollars into yeah, getting six to yeah. six hundred to a grand uh, to yeah. getting a sheep back. Yeah, and about that to get a goat back. Mm-hmm. No, the good news is is the last time we went, we took our goats right back with us. Yeah, but um, we had to we had to coordinate it because to get it uh, checked in. Yeah, 
That was the only thing. They got to be age checked and registered before they can leave the province. And if if I drove in, like in Yukon, we're not going to be able to take our. Well, if I drove and had two or three days, yeah. I would go have my sheep registered and I would drive I'd bring it back. It back. Too. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would do um, too. Hundred percent. But a lot of times, you're right at the end of the trip, and then you got this ram sitting there, and um, it takes. Then it's a three to six month process to get it back because it's got to get sealed. They do the hide. They get everything ready. Yeah, and then that's where then customs out. wants to look at it coming in because is the hide appropriate? It's easier to get it on you across the border in person than it is always without. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Even um, even in that case. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's, that's it for that. Um, uh, Alaska, uh, we talked about that. Meat getting back. That's how I would get the meat back. Um you know, when you're talking about buying those cheap coolers, are you talking about something you'd see at a convenience store? Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. Red with a white lid. Yep. Oh. I bought a million I, of them okay. and thrown them away when I got back or, or take them down to Goodwill and yeah. let somebody have So they're not like styrofoam. No, 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 no. You got to – no, you do the – Good yeah. question. I know why you're just, asking the I'm question. just asking. You, you use the red and white. Sure. Or somebody or the, might be asking Or that. the blue and white ones. And no, then you, you use the 1999 them. one at Walmart or Sam's Club or Costco. And they generally, with meat, you get about 50 pounds in. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know so, yeah and then if you're bringing a moose you're gonna have like six of them <laughs> well I, I yeah getting a whole moose back i mean yeah, i it's just really hard there's yeah. such a romance about it but don't come on drive it's really hard yeah here's the thing so so I, I will tell you this um uh from a moose perspective okay i've been up there i've killed a few moose in canada and been around getting a lot of them killed moose meat does not go to waste in um in canada it is their beef or and, and they are not or i'm sorry alaska <laughs> did i say canada yeah um i'm, I'm sorry alaska and, well, did you catch a moose doesn't make say catch canada it. either it's that's just the fun yeah. part did you catch a moose <laughs> did it's you like, catch a moose that's they always say that yeah. on the uh at the in the villages oh well, I was going to ask that, too, because if you can't bring everything back, what happens? They, they, the, you know what? It's like we've donated a lot, a, yeah, a ton of that. moose, and they really appreciate it. I mean, there's, they're a little, you know, they, they appreciate the meat. They, they, they want the meat. Yeah. So we use, we use Indian Valley Meats, and they have a donating process in Anchorage. And um, they're really good, and they are – um, they make great products too. You can have some shipped home to you. Um, they make caribou sausage, and I'm kind of a sausage connoisseur. Personally. Caribou sausage is good. It really, is it not? It's really it's good. Really good. That, we have it in bre- for breakfast a lot. All the time. Okay. Of a breakfast, yeah, it's yeah. a breakfast caribou sausage. Yeah, we love it. Um, reindeer sausage. Reindeer they call sausage, it actually. Yeah. Reindeer, elk, salmon. <laughs> so um, Indian Valley meats, and um, they 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 do uh, they do processing. Um, they take donations. Um, and, uh, they're, they're good. Um, uh, Glenn's wild game processing. I know people up there that use them. I, and I know I'm giving a shout out to some companies, but literally uh, they will, they take donated meat. They make sure that, um, the locals get it. The natives get it. Um, it a, is not hard to donate yep. meat no, to people. Okay. It's, uh, it's, yep. it's, there's value. In so it. it's not going to go to waste. Right. You know what I'm saying? I guess that's what you want to know. And that's what you want to know. Um, and uh, so Alaska, that's how I'd handle Alaska. Um, fish, that's how I'd handle the fish in Alaska. Do you, were we missing anything on that? 
care. No, your skins, you know, like skins and horns, I usually try to bring them home in a duffel if I can. That's her. Yeah, the rubber duffel. We've traveled with moose. Yeah. We've flown with a damn moose. You pay an oversized. It's basically going to be four or 500 bucks to get your moose back. Yeah. Um, because they're going to charge that in baggage. Well, it's a pain in the butt because you got to buy it. Cardboard you, gotta, it up. you have to buy like a. Uh, we bought hoses and then chopped the hoses up and put them on each tine, duct taped them, and then we covered it with cardboard, duct taped it. Just a pain in it's the a ass. It's a pain in the butt. Wow. Um, or it, or or I've taken it to an expediter, and um, and then you know what you do? You get a crate delivered to your house. Yeah. And, and and if and you know if you're on a budget and you can't do that. Freaking, I get it. Yeah, don't. It's definitely more expensive but, to do it that and way. It takes longer. It does take longer. It's, I mean, if you're chomping at the bit to get your your rack back, that's that's the worst way yeah. to do it. But that's you know that it makes sense because like with with my deer and stuff like that, I'll I'll take I'll cut the skull plate horizontally so I separate the horns and then they just lay and they just you just throw everything in a big duffel bag, a rubber duffel. You know, clean the skull plate up best you can wrap you know i wrap some plastic around it um you yeah. know throw the yeah. skin in a garbage bag and I, I try to get it frozen or whatever so it sits in there right and then it's easy to get home mm. get your skin and your horns home like that in a duffel but uh yeah so we've used a couple expediters um in alaska and we've had um um they're different variant varying levels of, of service and frustration yes. with both of them yeah does that make sense so i would like not to give any um uh i guess uh still looking for the i wouldn't I, one. yeah i would say <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't even know how to answer that the shangri-la um I, i'm gonna give you one name it's the last one i did and they were good, um, and they do meat also, okay? Um, and they have cold storage and shipping, and it is they have a solid website. The last one I had, they were very communicative, and they got it home. They were not as inexpensive as other ones, but I guess at the end of the day, is that what you're looking for, or are you looking for a high level of service? Right. But it's AK Trophy Expeditors LLC. Um, the other two I won't name. I've tried to eat as much moose as I can while I'm up there to try to minimize the weight of it coming down. That's my excuse. <laughs> and and here's here's the other thing. I got to tell you something. That's a different way of packing it. Uh, here's the other thing right. about can I tell you something about Alaska? Mm -hmm. That's really our key secret for everybody. Okay. If you book a hunt with us, we have a $500 concierge service that we add on to every fishing trip. We don't add it on to every fishing trip. We can add it on to every fishing trip and hunting trip you do with us here's what it is the guy picks you up in anchorage he can help take you to a hotel he drops you he picks you up from your hotel that night he drops you back off at the airport he'll shuttle you around when you're in the field he will protect all your assets luggage and stuff you're not taking it's 500 a person and he manages all your logistics and luggage while you're in Alaska. And it is so worth $500 a person to give it to him. And um, he has an unbelievable rate at the um, Lake, Lake, Lake Hood, Lake Hood mm -hmm. Inn. 
Um, that's the famous right on Lake Hood. With the tiny little rooms. Yeah, um, there, there, there are tiny little rooms, <laughs> but the restaurant's nice. Yeah, it's you cool. S- I like it. You sit and watch planes coming. It's the quintessential I, Alaska. Super, super neat place. When it's place. cold, tiny little rooms I, are I, good. I wasn't, I wasn't diminishing yeah. it. I was just describing. <laughs> right. It's not, the, it's not the embassy suites, but, but it's they, a super nice. They have tons the of mounts. It's a neat place. <laughs> you can sit out on the lake, and we had a hot toddy. And wow. Is it Lake Hood or Lake Clark? No, it's Lake Hood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Lake Hood. Hood. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, um, and so, and if if you're not a member and you're going to Alaska and you didn't book a trip, well, then call and become a member. And even if you go up there and don't book a trip through us, and you're just, I'm going to go up there and adventure seeking, we can, we'll we can sell help. you his services. He'll still, you don't have to book a hunt with us. Just having him as a resource. He's He runs all the logistics and does everything and is the he is the quarterback in the coup de grace for this little race they have up there every year called the Iditarod. <laughs> and he's oh, got well. he's got a full blown Alaskan beard and mustache. Oh, dude, he is <laughs> he's the quintessential. And uh, and, and uh, um, yeah, him and his bride. I had a, I had is, a cousin like hey, that. Liz, <laughs> him and his bride have a gorgeous uh, home cabin at the mouth across the street, back in the woods, at the mouth. Of um, what's that little park up there? Denali. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh, he's got a beautiful freaking place. Wow. And wow. He sits in there all winter long and works on his guns. And uh, he's Man. just a world class guy. And he tells Good stories dude. like you would think <laughs> of an old trap line guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say I would suggest using him. So get a hold of us if you want that. And then the Western states um, bringing things home. There's several meat markets are usually that are good meat markets in most of these Western states that are good at getting your animal quartered and broken down. If you can afford to get your meat cooled at a butcher shop, my encouragement is to get it to a butcher shop. Travel and give yourself an extra day. Just get it to a butcher shop and say, you know, what is it going to cost to get this thing broken down into primal chunks? You know what I'm saying? Um, for deer, for our butcher shop, it's 175 bucks. If we cut it or chunk it, it doesn't matter. But we can do a turnaround service in a few days for you. But if you don't, then just bring coolers. But the stupid freezer thing, if you use the stupid freezer, it's like a Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin deal. And I remember I'd be like, we're taking a freezer if, and if, plug it in. If I did a freezer, I would freeze chunks of it. And that that might make sense. Well, you, but you, but the chunks got to be in meat bags. Yeah, I and don't then know. the meat bags well, still nev- stick together. I've never done that. We've never. So done, if yeah. you're gonna do the freezer, let me help you. If you go, that's the most genius thing because I thought of it. It's the way my dad did it for 400 years. Okay, and then I don't have 27 coolers. Perfect. Let me help you then. Take butcher paper. Get your meat in meat bags. Put it in chunks. Lay it out. Get all the body heat out of it first. Then lay it in your stuff. Then put butcher paper. Between your layers, two of them, freezer side, uh, wax side down, wax side up. So put a double layer of paper. Wax up. Wax down, wax up. (laughs) So then the butcher, when he gets back, can break it off of that paper. Does that make sense? And then just layer everything with two sheets of paper between it. Then go ahead and use your freezer idea. Problem is most people do not do it that way. Well, you don't really have time. Like if you shot an elk, it would take a long time to separate that all and freeze it adequately. In, in your layers and sections. No, it wouldn't. To, uh, I, I would think it would. 
Holy so cow. you're saying to pull the hind apart and bone out the hind in three chunks and put it in meat bags and lay that uh, lay those chunks. How big of a freezer are you going to bring? The, Brad, you don't even understand because you grew up out here. These guys bring up king chest freezer, like the one from your garage. No. <laughs> oh, oh my God! <laughs> Praise Jesus! I'm bringing your ass down to the butcher shop this year and showing you. They they bring you know what they do now? They bring their trailer and then they bring a little generator and they bring their whole king freezer from the uh um from their garage oh wow you know well you see how the, much longer is it going to take for him to chunk it out than it does to chunk him and just chuck the shit in there huh you well, can't even comprehend this can you no <laughs> no i can't no that's what they do hey you know we come from the land of the maytag repairman you know so okay just bring it along brad they bring a god bless it freezer wow a big coffin freezer and they put two elk in it and bring it home and freeze it solid and then say, butcher, get this shit taken care of. Well, you know, some places, it's a, there's a lot of opportunity. There's less now than there used to be, but you used to be able to turn elk around at a lot of these places where there were a lot of elk getting shot in a butcher. That would, I, would, I would way rather do that, have the dang thing done and frozen. Yeah, we charge a, we charge a, if you want a day turnaround, we do charge a, a rush fee. How, how much is it? At, for an elk? Yeah. $250. There's value in that. For the rush fee. I get it. But still, otherwise, yeah. otherwise cool the stupid thing down. Here's the thing. People, people can get it back. I know people look at you and go, you're charging me 250 bucks to get that elk back tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. But then you don't have another night's hotel at 310. And your meat's taken care of. Really? Mm-hmm. You, you, you want, what do you want? So what price should I charge you? $75? $20? And then how do I keep my butcher all year long? Do I pay him nine bucks an hour when you're not around there, Mister Important Guy that came out and shot well, him? Well, you, I mean, that doesn't now want to pay two hundred and fifty bucks. Right, right. You went to the well, strip club last night and dropped three hundred, <laughs> but you don't want to pay a rush fee. Well, for not everyone does that. But no, I mean, no, I know. But do but, the math. I get you. But but it but it always blows me away. Now I'm getting a little defensive <laughs> because I'm a butcher. <laughs> you know um, what? And, yeah, 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 and yeah, I, yeah. I, I hear this shit. Well, Guys just spent seven thousand bucks People. on an elk hunt, <laughs> and they come in and they go. You want to charge me what to process this? And I'm like, oh. There's a lot of work that goes in at the butcher shop. That's (laughs) not easy living. No, these guys work, man. They do. They do. You know, I mean, everything's got to get cleaned up at the end. I'm Holy cow. I mean, there's value in that if you don't want to do it. I mean, most of the time, a lot of people, you know, there are some people that cut their own stuff up. But. I guess then just cool that sucker down, bring it home in coolers. That would be the, out, the way I would do it. I just do coolers try to and be ice. Freezing the sucker because you can rotate ice out. <laughs> no, you, you think that's funny, Brad? You have no idea. I'm yeah. speaking to an audience that you are unaware of, and they bring freezers out. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, uh, cool. <laughs> well, yeah, my friend, my way. friend Ed Gunn from Wisconsin did that all the time. Yeah. All the time. Load their the great big coffin with freezer. a coffin generator freezer. and the whole work. Yeah, exactly. And they bring a generator, and by God, on the way home, we're keeping that shit good and frozen. I which I not. appreciate they want the meat, but then it's a pain in the ass to deal with when they get home. Yeah. So Western states, I would say that. Number two with the Western states with game care. Um, I would make arrangements with your, um, with your uh, taxidermist back home if you have one picked. If you don't. I would ask us if you're booking with us what a good taxidermist in the area is and a good butcher shop. But taxidermy is the same way. Um, I will tell you this. Western taxidermies are prepared to turn your service around. They make money season to season. They don't make money um, art to art. 
And um, they want to get, if they have 300 head, they want to get those 300 head done by August, have them all out delivered and have their season over so they can take September and October and take a little bit of a knee as the slow animals come in and then boom, October, November, December, they rock and roll. But the fact of the matter is we know several taxidermists here that are really good at just crating stuff up and shipping it back to you. Yeah. And then you can have a Western taxidermist do it. You don't, I'm sorry, you yeah. don't lose your trophy and it works out fine. Yeah. If you don't know how to cape, because some of the places out here now you got to skull cap everything too. And so there's a little bit of work. A lot of times just having them do that preparatory and flesh it out for you. That's worthwhile. Well, it, it's funny you say that because obviously the butcher shop we have the butcher shop here, and uh, um, we don't we we don't cape them. Noah and D- Walker know how to face cape it off, yeah. but we, we you just, guys can't do that. You can't don't do have that. the time. No, you kidding? Uh, those we that did place is that place is buried. Yeah, I mean we gotta no, but we do have a taxidermist if you'd like to use him. Yeah, that is on location about. During hunting season, 50% of the time at our place picking stuff up and, and caping stuff. And so we have him on standby because some guys go, I just need a cape because I have my best buddy owns a taxidermist. No, I use this taxidermist. I have all my stuff mounted by one taxidermist. Perfect. We have a taxidermist, and a lot of these butcher shops have a taxidermist that will just charge you 125 $200 caping fee, and they'll cape it all out, turn the lips, get everything off, salt it, roll it up in a bag, send it home with you cap the skull yep. away they go and we have that service right there they'll do it it might take you a couple hours you'll have to wait um because there's a line of people getting it done but we do it right so so yeah so the western states to me are easy um coolers and ice don't forget your ivories and don't forget your <laughs> ivories um but uh yeah anything are we missing anything has this been good believe i it? think we did is this good we content got yeah 100 percent you know what? Um, if you have questions specifically, because this is such a poignant uh, purpose, because people have different opinions on how to take care of their meat right. and their stuff, yeah. and you want to ask, go to go to info. No, 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 no. Hello, h e l l o at rbohome dot com, and ask a question about this at that, and Brad or myself personally will reach back out to you. Um, we really try to do that. Yeah, podcast questions. Yep. That's one of the things about Canada that there's so much added value to for like a moose hunt. Because I get it, I love eating the moose meat too. I, you're always like, ah, you do. You know, I'm not I, a fan of moose. Meat. I, I like it. I, I think it's. I think it's great. Have you ever had a good prime rib? Yeah, I love prime rib uh, too. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, you I can mean, you can drive there, you know, and you know you throw old jason hamill in the back seat and let brian drive through calgary at rush hour that yes. that's a story in and of itself we <laughs> he let the financial services guy that spent his late 20s running around minneapolis and milwaukee traffic um running appointments all over and uh they were like holy sh- this is a whole i just turn into a different dude when i get into that traffic i love you it. like driving in i that. love I, it see i don't like, like all that traffic. it reminds you. me of my 20s and 30s building brokerages in rush hour so so ah, so we're we're, oh, we're, oh, you, oh, you we're bombing down the interstate 
And and I felt so sorry. This dude, he's got he's got an eight by eleven sheet of paper on the back on the back win- window, and one on the back driver's side, you know, passenger car. And it said, "What did it say? Student, student driver. driver, student driver." And Jason's like, and a big warning. That would be me right here. I would do the same thing. I I, I want no part of this stuff. <laughs> and Brian's like, "Hey, do I have room? Because we had that we had that uh, we had a big cooler because we, we had that trailer hitch. On we that. had." Saddles. The, I mean, we had all kinds is. of crap. Oh, wow. The load extended yeah. trailer thing. And he's like, "Look back there. Do I have the enough room buddy? to slip in there?" Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me know if that guy slows down a little bit. I got the one on my left covered. Oh yeah, we were in. Oh gosh. We didn't wipe anybody out. We were within an inch or two a few times of causing some major oh, fun gosh. stuff. But uh, yeah, that poor dude, student driver. That that's the not the. You want to learn how well. to drive in Spearfish, South Dakota? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, not there. No. <laughs> no. Well, I've driven it in during Stampede, and that's not fun. Uh, yeah, so, it's uh, – well, Calgary. Calgary's grown so much, too, you know, well over a million people. Yeah. And, excuse me, you know, on the west side, they have an obstruction of traffic called the mountains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and on the east side, it's their major thoroughfare yeah. that comes around south and north side. So, yeah, it's 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 fun. But you know what? I, I agree with you. Canada Drive, if you, if you really go, i got to bring all my moose back – just drive. Take the day and a half. I don't want to drive, but I want to bring my moose. Good. Use use the airplane ticket uh, thing um, and use your airplane. Use a plan for next year. And you go, I don't want to buy, buy first class because I don't want to bring two. Then pay the $200 for the extra luggage fee all the way back. You got 400 bucks into bringing a couple coolers of meat back or one cooler of meat back. How much is that meat worth to you? Is what that you got to say, right. Yeah. We get you know, lots and lots of questions. Yeah. So it's is really it worth, a Is it worth 30 thing. bucks yep. a pound? Okay, so if you got fifty bucks in there, okay, fifty pounds um, times thirty dollars a pound is what one hundred fifty? No, it's more than that. Fifteen hundred. Um, Fifteen hundred bucks. bucks. So is that cooler worth fifteen hundred dollars? No. Or would you rather would you rather donate it, come home, and take the fifteen hundred dollars that Just was taken to get back, and and, <laughs> and and go to your butcher and say I need ribeyes, New York strips, and filet mignon. I have a budget of fourteen hundred and twenty-seven dollars. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's not dumb. If, if your budget's conscious, let's look at this. But if you go, yeah. I want to bring some meat back. You know what? There's another way to do it. Okay. If, if I can't afford any of that, like, how can I bring meat back? Yeti, any. Walmart has these little soft side coolers for 12 bucks. Go get one. Put 15 pounds of meat. Put three chunks of your loin and your tenderloin in there. And throw a couple of those bricks of ice in there. Put it in your regular carry-on um, and drop some weight somewhere else. You, yeah, we've, you, you get some meat home. We've brought back straps. I yep. brought a half a sheet. I, I brought all the sheet bag yep. straps, and by doing that, I didn't pay anything extra. Nope. I just shoved it in extra bag, sorted yep. it out, made sure I had my 50 pounds, and we did a sheep feed at my house. Yep, we, f- we froze <laughs> it before and put it in checked luggage. Yeah, and we brought all that sheep meat back, yep. and then when we got back, we made it souffle. We made it prime rib style. We made it grilled. We made it uh, sautéed. kebabs? We made kebabs. We made it... Um, <laughs> Uh, roasted prime. Sheep scampi. We sheep, had sheep scampi. Sheep gumbo. Oh, yeah. Forrest Gump in it. No, I'm yeah. telling you. Uh, we, 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 no, yeah. wow. But we did. Did yeah. we not? Yeah. 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 It was we did super fun. Went. We had all our families together. We had all our families together. Kids together. Running we around. had wine and vegetables and beers, and, and, the, and, and we honored the sheep. And yeah. Brad and I went. <sighs> 
okay, that sheep hunt cost, and then the travel <laughs> cost. You guys, at least, and then, if and you then, don't like it, kids just act like you do. Yeah. Right? yeah. Actually, oh, we said, man. listen, if you're if you're if you don't think you're gonna like it, don't even try it because the rest of us want to eat it at yeah. eleven hundred bucks a yeah. pound. There you no. go. <laughs> so man. anyway, it was fun. These but, are yeah. common yeah. common questions though because we do all yep. the time. We get them. It's, you know, and I super I, routine. I think questions. later we'll do more on on meat and so. Yeah, forth. we need to do a whole thing because on meat. you know because we touched on cooling and then letting uh letting the, the the meat cool i mean how do you know you know i mean there's some questions no, involved there's in some that. good questions okay so one and of we the can talk is, about is that how do we podcast. get the, the denser the muscle okay yeah. obviously the longer it takes your meat when when do i know it's spoiled how do i know it's been out on the carcass too long and can still eat it and there's some things we can explain specifically for you to have you understand that and then we can tell you uh, approximately when we use the tipping point to throw the meat away because it was spoiled, keep the meat, what works. We, yeah. al- we also have some specifics on how to break it down and, um, you know, on what joint and where at. And because there's certain joints that hold more heat than others, and there's easy ways to get just get it open. And then there's there's areas that people just do the they did it because their grandma did it. You know, yeah. why do you cut the ends off your ham? I don't know because yeah, my mom the, did. Their pan was well, too small. Why did mom do it? I don't know because <laughs> grandma did. Okay, why did grandma do it? When they asked grandma, well, I had a small oven. I had yeah, to. Had to. Um, right? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So so you cut the ends off your ham for all these years just because grandma had a small oven? Yep. How stupid. <laughs> well, I see people do that when they butcher deer all the time i just shake my head and go really they, they get a hatchet out and chop the you know it's like oh there's easier ways to just buy a buy a butt yeah. out on tv yeah. and you're good to go <laughs> I think oh my <laughs> god yeah i can avoid what you don't buy too <laughs> so. well, I, I think this summer we'll probably delve into that a little bit more yeah it'd be fun it'd be really fun well, listen, uh, we appreciate you joining. Go over to us today. Go over to rollingbones.com. Check us out. We have a membership that will fit your needs and service levels. Okay, our $50 membership, the silver membership, one state, unlimited species. We'll do your application, and you have unlimited adventure services. You can do as many best match searches as you'd like and save them as a hunt plan on your dashboard. Um, don't get Googled again. Go to rollingbones.com, become a member. We have a $150 membership that allows you to have unlimited states, unlimited species, and also unlimited best match searches. And we'll make sure we apply and buy and accumulate points, tags, and apps for you in every state um, or at least every state you want to go hunting in and have a hunt plan over a period of time. One of the things I would encourage is Minnesota and Wisconsin and Iowa. Great states to get points in. Um, Minnesota and Wisconsin have uh, bear points, um, spring bear hunts, fall bear hunts. You can go fishing. You can get a, a bear guide if you draw. You go up there. You don't leave the lower 48. You can see the northern uh, lights a lot of times in the fall and just have an unbelievable hunt. You can uh, run hounds. You're going to get a bear. You're going to get a lot of good fishing in. You're going to see the north woods and not have to cross the border. We need to do a bear podcast. Yeah, we should do a, a, a Minnesota and Wisconsin and get an outfitter, a guy that runs dogs on from there, and, and talk about the adventure. That'd be a really right, good idea. And then we have Platinum, $500, all you can eat. Um, all, <laughs> all, all you, you can, can get. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll do a comprehensive state-by-state strategy and uh, help you out with what you have. A lot of points you want to know, trophy units, where to go, when to do it. You want to have personal um, tip to tail concierge of how to do it. We got you covered also. So rollingbones.com, and let's get started. You can check out our memberships there. Also, go ahead and subscribe to us. And share us wherever you get your podcast. 
You can subscribe there, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, just about anywhere. We appreciate you being a part of what we do. We do not have sponsors. We don't take sponsors. We try to tell you what works for us best in the field. We love it. We live it. And we are on it every single day in the hunting and fishing space. So until next time, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting.